God says, check that attitude. Check that attitude now. God says that is a checkpoint. Checking that attitude. Not being offended. Not having to defend because of offense. Check that attitude. It's not helpful. It's a hindrance to your walk. Things should not bother you. You should not allow anything to come in and tear down anything that God has built on the inside of you. You have came so far and you're coming higher and higher up more and more fast. You're not launching. You have already launched. You're not waiting to prosper. You already prospering because you're prosperous. Check that attitude, say of God. It doesn't matter who's plucking because if that doesn't have anything in you, you cannot be moved. If you're moved, it got to you. It's not about who's wrong and who's right. Because if both are moved, then you both are wrong, say of God. It's about remaining in a godly character, being so grateful that you've been made right without behavior being involved. So just that theology alone, I've been made right I've been made right. Therefore, here is my honor concerning what's right for me and what's wrong for me. It's wrong for me to engage back. It's wrong for me to be in my feelings. It's wrong for me to feel a certain kind of way. It's wrong for me to pull away. It's wrong for me to talk about it. It's wrong for me to feel disturbed regarding it. It's wrong for me to leave the situation the way it is. It's wrong for me to not see God in it. It's wrong for me. Now, what's right for me to do is to make it better. What's right for me to do is to lift that person up above myself so it can become better. I have to get out myself. I have to get out of my personal feelings. I have to get out of my emotions. I have to get out of my way of thinking. I have to get up out my way of responding. Any kind of way of a reaction. That is not beneficial for where I am now. That is not helpful for the vision that I'm seeing clearly now. That don't suit my blessings. That don't suit my purpose. It don't suit my character. It don't suit me. Pushing past every trial and tribulation that God has brought me this far to receive. And I didn't come this far to feel like this now. No devil or no demon going to get in the way 
of my increase. No devil, no demon gonna get in the way of my sanity. No devil, no demon gonna get in the way of my godly relationship. No devil, no demon gonna get in the way of my connectivity. No devil, no demon gonna get in the way of my kingdom expansion. No devil, no demon gonna get on the inside of me. If God is not there, then Satan is there. If God is not on our mind in the things of God, the things of Satan is there. If our heart is not guarded, and God is not saying guard your heart from the issues of life as a sense of to keep them out. No, God is saying guard your heart from the issues of life for the things that we've written upon the table of our heart. Guard your heart with the word. Guard your heart with your faith concerning the word. Guard your heart with every positive word that was sown, every heavenly download, every heavenly deposit. Keep your heart, keep my heart guarded with the good news, a positive attitude, positivity, motivation, encouragement, inspiration, gladness, the fruits of the spirit. That's why we have on the breastplate to keep the things in. It's not for us to keep things out. It's to keep things in. Because if we have the good things in, that supersedes the things that are around, that need to be out. And to remain out. Check the attitudes. God says a checkpoint for the attitude. You see how he said the attitude. He's not saying your attitude because that doesn't suit you. You got to be so intentional as God is intentional and intentionally have the attitude that I'm not going to allow no devil or no demon to rob me of my sanity. Of my peace. Of my joy. Of my good moment. Upon moment. It's glory upon glory in my life. I will not be moved. I will not go backwards. I can sense that your past is calling you. And your past know how to call you well. Cannot make it loose. Because if you make it loose, then that means it's a way it can come in. You have to keep it tight. I have to keep it tight. Because people that used to do things that can no longer do the things, don't no longer have access. So we give them access to say what they want and do what they want and have their way as they usually do because we always cave in and let them have their way instead of them having their way. This time we're going to stand firm and let God have his way and make it tight. That means we're not playing this time. 
If somebody used to talk to you or me any kind of way and God used us to put it into it and now they respect us, respect our authority, respect our originality, respect our true identity in Christ. Keep it that way. Because we know what it's like to use our authority and then become bound again. No, authority, authority is permanent. Liberating is permanent. Dominating every evil deed is permanent. We got to see Satan in every evil thing regarding any person, place, or a thing. We really got to settle with this. Nobody here can do anything of their own. We're not created to. We can either serve God or serve Satan, one or the other. There is no in-between. And we cannot serve them both. We cannot live like the way we want to and then allow God to bless us and do what he want to do as a life spent with him, holy and presentable. That's not going to ever happen. He said we cannot serve him and mammon. Evil is mammon. Mammon is evil. Can I serve him in anything, in anyone or any place else? We cannot come this far and make things loose now. And I don't mean in a sense of hold things loosely. I mean make room loose, make ourselves available for things to come back that we push past. Holding things loosely, holding things loosely is meaning transitioning from one place to another. Leaning not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him as he continues to direct our path. The devil know what we like to hear physically, see physically, want to know physically. He know how to dress any person, place, or thing up so well to gain us back again. And we have too much glory on our lives. To feel that virtue of God start to disappear. And then doors that were open are starting to close. God didn't do it. We did it. Because we cannot have access doing things of the world. It's either God's way or Satan's way. In God's way, it feels so good. It's nothing like it. Feels so safe, so attended to, so cared for, so respected. Feel your worth in every part of your being. Every area of your life in my life, we can feel how God loves us. We can feel his passion for us and we can see it. 
how he's blessing our lives. And it's not worth entertaining any part of our flesh. We say, God, our bodies belong to you. Holy and presentable, not behavioral based, but your character based. Your faith that you dealt to me. Your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And also your fruits bear much more fruit. Even the gifts of the spirit, the wisdom and the knowledge, the healing, the working of miracles, the prophecy, the discerning of spirits, the diverse tongues and tongues interpretation. Nothing is worth being out of your glory. And what is glory? The exact. Glory is a goodness of God being released back to himself due to our obedience. Every time we obey what he says, that's saying that God, you are. That's saying God, only you can do. That's saying God, only you. That's saying God, there's no other but you. And he receives the glory out of his truth because there is, there is no lie there is no lie whatever you have me to do that I put this alarm for God your will be done hallelujah It's so amazing how you could go from just soaking in God's presence to just on a go, on a go, on a go, on a go. And still have priorities in order and still have room to relax. We come too far. God said, check the attitude. Check it. Check it. Because honestly, you know how we say about to get real, keeping it real. This is a real truth for us. It won't be nothing to work on. Nothing to discuss for God to have us to work on between the old man if we already became the new. Simple as that. But somehow we keep going back and forth with that. That means that it's a constant of praying. There are no breaks in between prayer. I don't mean always on our knees. It's good to do that. But I mean it's an ongoing communication with God. I realize that 
we can't afford to not talk to God. We cannot afford not to conversate with God. Because that says a lot about communication with him and how much we are. If we keep going back and forth with the old man, with the things that we left behind, why am I still working on the mouth? When the new man know how to be slow to speak. So what am I working on if he already worked it out? If you want to be real about it. We cannot try to improve the old man. We have to let that man go. We cannot receive the new man as the old man. We have to let the old man go. And the old man always try to come back. But if you have in your heart, as I have in my heart, there is no coming back. There's nothing the old man can do about it but remain gone. How many times God say, don't say that. Don't think that. No, 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 no. And we just feel like we just got to say it. And then we find ourselves repenting right after we say it. And God said, I told you not to say it. I'm trying to keep you from repenting. You got to take your mind off of you and keep it on me. That's how I be glorified when it's on me. When it's on me. When it's about me. Not about you. My glory is upon your life. But the glory belongs to me. But it's upon your life. You don't want to play around with that, say of God. You don't want to play around with my mercy. I said my mercy have limits. That means... Don't take me for granted. Because I love you. Because I forgive you over and over again. That don't mean to do things and plan things ahead of time. Knowing that I would disapprove. And have it in your heart that I will forgive you. Don't go to a party. That you're not to go to. And knowing that it's not okay to go to the party. But know that I will forgive you if you actually forgive me for going to the party. But you already had in your heart to go in the first place. It's like you're planning to repent. Don't plan to repent. Because I don't plan to delay. If we love him, God is saying, if we love him, love him through one another. And God says, this is our biggest, our biggest challenge is that we can freely love him and give our all unto him. We can see a difference into our love to God and our love to society, those who are in. We can see the difference. And God said, a lot of you are sounding like, yeah, it's easy to love you, God. You don't lie to me. You don't hurt me. You don't steal from me. You don't belittle me. Of course I can love you. You love me. You're there for me. You encourage me. 
gave a son for me. You didn't do anything to ever harm me. Of course I can love you. And God said, look at your neighbors that same way. You got to look at them knowing that it's not them that's doing the evil deed, nor doing the good deed. It is me doing the good deed and it's Satan doing the evil deed. So now you know who to address. It's not the person, it's the enemy, or is it your savior? In a good way, or address Satan regarding your authority. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. That means they're not sinful towards each other. My voice of triumph is to help you. It shouldn't be a voice sharper than a two-edged sword towards you. That's towards Satan. The dots are at Satan, not you. Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18. Christ heard the people talking about him after he fed them spiritual food. And Christ said, hey, disciples, who are they saying I am out here? He heard it, but he wanted to know what they hearing. Well, some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you're just a prophet. Okay. So who do you say that I am? Peter stood up and answered. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And according to Matthew 6, verse 17 through 18, Christ came back. That means he had to be walking away a little bit while he was hearing them out. And he came back and said, Flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. Only my father in the kingdom have let you in on our secret of who I really am. I'm changing your, no your name because now upon this rock, I built my foundation. He changed Simon's name. Granted him favor because he knew that Simon was speaking words from God. And in the same encounter, conversation that Christ was having with Simon, who he named Peter. He began to predict his own betrayal, crucifixion and resurrection. And here come the same voice that just spoke highly of who he is, said. He grabbed Satan by the I mean, excuse me, he grabbed Christ by the hand and he said. That's impossible. That can never happen. He was telling Christ, you die and rise on the third day. That can never happen. And Christ didn't swerve with him according to Matthew 16, 17 through 19 now. You went from saying I'm the Messiah. Now you say it's impossible for me to rise on the third day. He didn't go back and forth with Peter because he knew that word didn't come from Peter. So instead, he said, Peter, move out the way. Satan, get out of here. You have no idea how me and my father thinks. Mm, mm, mm. My God. 
I know the disciples and Peter was like, where he at? Where? Where? Satan was right beside Peter. Seeking how he could come in to destroy Peter. He started by having us a change our mind. A change mind is a change heart. What a man think of in his heart. So is he. Peter was beginning to doubt. He went from talking like God to talking like Satan. Mere men. You are the Messiah. And you know what the Messiah coming to do. And Christ predict his own crucifixion and resurrection. And here comes Peter. Not Simon. Here comes Peter. Had his name changed. Same conversation. That's impossible. That could never happen. Now Christ didn't say, Satan, come out of Peter. Mm -mm. He wasn't possessed. Satan was just around him. Trying to come in to possess. That's how we know when Satan is around. Our words change. Our attitude change. Our thoughts change. Go from thinking like God, speaking like God, feeling like God, to thinking earthly. Peter panicked. Panic causes fear. That's a demon. There's a demon for every evil name. And there's an angelic host for every good name. Christ said, move out the way, Peter. Satan, get out of here. You know why he said that? See, Christ wasn't even paying Satan no mind until Peter spoke. You don't know how me and my father think. <laughs> and Christ is right. Satan didn't. Satan used Peter to rebuke Christ. Because Satan didn't know about that plan. What you mean? You're going to be betrayed. I know that part. I'm working on Judas now. What do you mean? I know you're going to be crucified. That's part of my plan. But what do you mean you're going to get up on the third day? Yeah, right. That's impossible. <laughs> Satan had no idea. If he was smart enough, he would have received that answer that Christ given him. <laughs> Christ said it. Satan was listening. I will rise on the third day. Ha! Huh? That's impossible. Yeah, right. He used Peter to say it. He didn't believe it. That's why Christ said, Satan, you don't know how me and my father think. He doesn't. If he was smart enough, he would have been like, hold up. He going to get up? He going to get up? I had him to die. He going to get up from the death? He didn't believe because he don't know how Christ and his father thinks. He thought it was impossible. But how foolish is it when he knows the scripture back in front? All things are possible to him who can believe. <laughs> and it's so amazing. So when we say words of faith and then say words of doubt, Satan is around. He's coming to swift us quick as we. To steal the word that's sown in our hearts. That's why God said guard your heart from what's in, not guard your heart. From the things that's outside of it. And many of us guard our hearts so the bad won't come in. 
No. You guard your heart to keep the good in. <laughs> Hallelujah. We come too far to let any demon use anybody to cause us to be offended or be in defense mode. This is how you know when someone's in defense mode. You can say, are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. They go extra and above with the answer instead of just simply asking the question. They go through a hop, skip, and a jump just to prove that nothing is wrong. Because deep down inside, there's something is. There's something there. Something is wrong. And many don't want to admit that there's something wrong. Because many are going to feel like, oh, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Now, for any of us to feel that way, that's thinking backwards. Because we must have encountered something like that in the past. We exposed an area in our life where we were vulnerable and someone took advantage of it. And we put a guard up. No one's going to take advantage of me again because I'm not going to have myself exposed like that again. Iron sharpens iron. How can iron sharpen an iron on the same area as if it's the same? For an example, my strength cannot sharpen your strength because it's already sharp. My strength can only sharpen your weakness. That's iron sharpening iron. And my weakness be sharpened by your strength. That's every joint supply. You understand? And that's how God have it to be. But many of us don't like to do that either. Because somewhere in the past we encountered, opened ourselves up and someone saw a weakness. And many people like to pray, P-R-E-Y, instead of P-R-A-Y, on people's weaknesses. They start to dishonor or have a lack of honor because now they feel as though I have something more than you have in this area because I'm stronger than you. But the thing about it is that's not iron sharpening iron. That's iron putting down iron. You can't put that down. You got to keep it up and sharpen because that same piece of iron that you sharpen may sharpen you and your own strength that you became weak at. It feels so good for me to say my weakness used to be fasting because I grew up as even in my mother's belly. I was fasting as an Israelite. As a little girl, three years old, four years old, fasting. And I'm looking like, what is this even about? This, this is not okay to me. No one explained. Don't brush your teeth. Don't drink water. Don't put no substance in your mouth. We're going all out for the Lord. Okay. We're there at church on the Sabbath from sunup to sundown. Seven in the morning to like 10 at night past sundown. No food or anything. Just tarrying, saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they thought the more we said, the more he will come. And as a little kid, already had a fresh revelation. He's already here. So come on. Let's go home and eat. But if I said that, I would have probably been crucified. <laughs> Trust me. 
or probably wanted that execution versus getting that type of butt whooping. You know, religion is good. But a lot of traditions based upon religion, God is dismantling. No, it doesn't take 10 hours to pray. To be heard. But it's nothing wrong if that's what you still choose to want to do. Knowing that it's not behavior based. I'm not going to say don't pray 10 hours anymore because he hear you in 10 minutes. If you want to soak in God present for that long, go ahead. I'd rather you be there than somewhere else. But get the message. Many had us to think it'd take that long to be heard. But before we even called, he already answered. He's getting rid of us thinking we have to work for what's afforded unto us. I didn't deserve grace, but I am worth grace. I am worth it. I am not a wretch. I don't even know what that is. Don't even want to know. No one speaks like that in the kingdom. He didn't save a wretch. I'm not a wretch. I'm a child of God. And I fell short because of one man. As a child of God. And because of another man. I'm made right as a child of God. I am no wretch. Neither are you. I am no mistake. Neither are you. No one should be sharpened and feel like they've been, you know, dismantled, disrespected, taunted, talked about. One of the worst things we can encounter by people that lose our trust so fast if we feel that we've been talked about in the room before we walk in. We can feel the tension when we walk away. We're being talked about from people who say they care. But God don't want us to be moved. That's why I said check that attitude. Even if somebody want to pluck, pluck, pluck. Or thinking that you have to stop or I have to stop everything we're doing to entertain them. And sometimes we find ourselves engaging with their negativity. And we may got to just stop right where we are. Or even go back and make a phone call. Go back and visit and make it better. Hey, because some people are very vulnerable emotionally. And God say, feed his sheep. He keep having me to think about that. Regarding anyone who's begging for attention. Anyone who's just, you know, miserable wanting company. Want to call you up or call me up just, just to be rude for no reason. Some people think because you're not on a nine to five that you don't have nothing to do. And someone compared their lives to you. How come you get to do this and I don't? That's nothing but Satan. Because who in their right mind would call somebody with foolishness like that? Even when people call you and I two in the morning, three in the morning for a fresh word. Feed a sheep. 
I get that not a lot, but I get it often. Get called out my sleep. It's okay. I have to keep my notifications on. I cannot silence them at all. And sometimes it could be a little, you know, because notifications could be ones you want to hear from, ones you don't. Because I get a lot of junk email, a lot of, a lot of that. And that goes off more than anything. I'm trying to erase, get my emails down, but they just keep accumulating. It's 300,000 emails. I'm used to having them where, you know, all the junk stuff, I erased all the junk mail and it's still like that. 431 friend requests right now. Now it's 419. I had to look at them today. Had to accept only two. And 419 still sitting there. And they're going to be sitting there. So whatever God tell me to do with that 419. And I have it set up where I can only give requests from friends of friends. And majority of them don't have no friends of friends. And I don't know how it's still coming through. But I would not allow myself to be distracted. That's not going to happen. We can't entertain our past. And we cannot want to be entertained by our past. We cannot have a room where people can have access to our lives that are of the past. If it's, excuse me, if it's regarding any person, we got to leave it in God's hands and not just make moves and just, you know, dip in and dip out regarding any relationship, any friendship. We got to remain in our kingdom minds due to our citizenship. Kingdom minded due to our citizenship. Kingdom minded. Due to our citizenship, kingdom minded, due to our citizenship, we can't be having our minds and our hearts feel one way and our mouths speak of another way. Many of us saying right now, I'm patient waiting on the Lord and putting on a good front, but at home, God see having the worst tantrums at all, of all. God, you taking too long. Hurry up. Don't you see I'm getting older? This is embarrassing. And many are saying that right now, single, it's embarrassing. Supposed to be married in my early 20s like everybody else. I'm in my late 30s. I'm in my 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Where's my person? You think we're going to end up receiving a, you know, any type of word of revelation or confirmation without first getting things. Many of us say, God, I want someone. I want someone. Here go, God, I don't even have you. All you coming to me about is somebody else. What about wanting me? I said, seek me first. You cannot have everything else and then want to seek me and expect to be prosperous. 
have to have me first. Until you get it, you're not going to have it. But you have it. But you need to get it in order to have it. Hallelujah. Many of us say, Father, I'm tired of this financial situation. I'm tired of just getting by. Our mouths are not saying it, but our hearts are. I'm just tired of getting by. We're praying. We're doing the best we can. We're supposed to be far off than where we are right now. We keep pressing the praise, pressing the praise. Because of the things that's happening in our life, our finances talking back. Sometimes we get notices. We don't, you know, we keep it in the home. We, we pray. It's, no, it's nobody's business. We believe in you. But I'm going to need you to come through more than this, God. Come on, God. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. We got to know how to acknowledge him. We can't acknowledge him in fear. Acknowledge him in doubt. That's trying to serve God and mammon. To those who come to God must first believe that he is. God rather us say, Father, why is this the way it is? Versus God, hurry up. Is there something I need to do? Is there something that I need to discover? How about I just say thank you until you're ready to do whatever you already done. We can front for each other, but we can't front before God. And God see how we are living if we are living like that. Have a terrible argument and leave out the house. Hey, oh, everything good. Sure is. And it is good. But there's a terrible misunderstanding that just took place. Got to check out attitude. Regarding even other people's attitude. We can't be out here trying to check people. Mm-mm. We got to... Keep ourselves in check. And that checks people. When we're not moved. Because if we resist the enemy. That's trying to influence people. He must flee. And loose them. If we entertain it. He can have them to linger around. Check the attitude. Isolation is not going to change it. I used to do that all the time. Just excuse myself. That's the best thing it seemed to do. God said, no, it's not. That's leaving that person the way that they are without being changed. And you're walking away in a way that you're not without being changed. You have to shift the atmosphere. Do you know that's where it really hit the fan? In the midst of an argument escalating, 
Wait, hold on. We're not going to go out like this. Nah. Many of us don't know how to be broken to even humble ourselves to make that change, right? In the midst of it escalating. It feels strange to be broken. It feels strange to humble ourselves in the midst of, you know, an escalating fight, arguments, disagreements. God don't see us how the world sees us. And many of us see each other not how God sees us. So check the attitude. Nothing is worth all that we have pushed past to be where we are. To be moved now. In other words, we should be more firm without standing in anything because we came this far. We don't grow down, we grow up. But we remain low to increase. I cast out a devil today. I went out and encountered someone and this person looked at me and just started speaking lies. I'm like, oh God, they don't even know me. Then they grabbed my wrist. I was like, ah, let go. (laughs) But it wasn't like in anger. It was like, listen to me. Like they grabbed my wrist. And then I looked in their eyes. Then they yelled out, Satan, no. You cannot have my soul, Satan. They were possessed. I was like, okay. That's my cue to get out of here. And I was going towards the door. And as I opened it, God said, close it in front of you. Close the door. Close the door. Don't be afraid of sudden fear. Fear is around. It has nothing in you. Quenisha, do not leave that person like that. Go over there and hold them tight. Hover over them and hold them tight with my love. I'm about to release my love over them right now. Go ahead and do it. I did it. They broke down crying. No, Satan. You're not going to have my soul. And they begin to say what they're called to do. So it's possible to know what you're called to do and be possessed. This person knew what they were called to do. I'm called to be a producer. I'm called to be in the entertainment industry. As a producer, you cannot take my purpose. You cannot have me, Satan. You cannot come in. And they broke down crying when I, I just, God said, just hold them. I held them. Held the person. And the love was just leaving out of me and overflowing in me into them. And they broke down. And that demon came out. Satan fled. Anytime somebody call you who you're not, it's because they are. If somebody say, you're just jealous. No, they are. If someone say, you're possessed. Quenisha, you're possessed. No, you are. (laughs) Because you're confessing what Satan wants you to confess. So you're under his influence. So I'm going to do what Christ said to Peter. 
Move out the way. Satan, get out of here. You don't know how me and my father and my Lord thinks. You understand? You a liar. No, you are lying. You understand? And that person is healed right now. From that demon. And God said, Quenisha, be honest. Were you afraid? Is that why you walked towards that door? I was like, God, you know it. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. God said, fear had nothing in you. It was just around. You felt the presence of fear around. I was like, oh, God. Just out here being used by God. I don't pull out my camera a lot. Nothing wrong with it. It's just that I'm in the moment. And when I'm out here, a lot of people have been, you know, used and abused from people who want to be seen and heard to make themselves look good in ministry. And I can feel every time we pull out a camera and record a moment, people around may feel like that's why they're doing it. Just to get bragging points. They're not doing this because they're really into it. They're doing it for themselves. And I felt that when I was out there with this sign, releasing God's sign, Miracle and Wonder. And the sign says, don't give up. And the reason why God had me to bring that sign out, because I was going in the midst of traffic. And they cannot hear me speak on a microphone in traffic. So they can only read and see what God has to say. So I hold up a sign. From my house to Offensive Mall, each street corner, 10 minutes per corner, 10 to 15 minutes, every corner, every light, every intersection. The intersection on St. Bottomus Road that's going towards Marlow Heights and Clinton, that one right there by the uh, checkers and that gas station, there were a lot of people that was receiving from all parts of traffic, all directions of traffic. One lady head flew back and she cried, took a picture of the sign. Bus drivers, truck drivers, people walking past was like, thank you, I needed that, I won't give up. Some was like, please keep doing this. Why are you doing this? And God will always have me to say, because I can. They was like, thank you. They were, beep the, oh, they were beeping the horn so much. I felt so good to be in purpose. Purpose feels so good. I was waving at the people and everything. It felt so good. It does feel so good to be you. And I'm being me. This is what I do. And the next intersection was on Silver Hill Road. Coming off of St. Barnabas and Silver Hill, right there. Many at that intersection was receiving so greatly. Many await till the light change and then beat. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. I won't give up. Thank you. God bless you. I love the sign. I, I love the message. So many people. And then the last place I ended up that day, day before yesterday, was um, Branch Avenue where the Bojangles and Iverson Mall is. That intersection right there at that light, those lights. 
and had to rotate the sign so all forms and parts of traffic, ongoing, incoming, outcoming, can see. And they were doing the same thing. Thank you. Some was looking angry. And for a person to feel angry about encouragement, something is going on. And that's what we'd be afraid of. That's why we'd be hesitant to go out because of the rejection. But it's a reason for them to reject something happened. So much healing took place. Some was, had tears in their eyes. Some was smiling, beeping. Some was, you know, playing around with it. Hey, don't give up. I see that sign. That's where it's up. So many people. And God said they would never, ever forget that. Because that was a bold move. He said, well, brought those people to me, God says. And when he said me, he referring to himself. He said, because the people were looking like you could have been doing anything else with your time. But instead, you came out to be on that street corner with that sign to encourage them who you don't even know. Moves like that of boldness, it brings people back to repentance. Because it's like you cannot escape the love of God. He's going to come in any way, shape, or form. Even if you're not expecting to see a sign while you're on your way in traffic from a woman who you never met. To say don't give up that you knew came from God. And then God had me to go to churches and pray. I had no idea that many demons can be inside of a church. They look like zombies. Like off the thriller video. They look like that. A lot of them. Tore up clothes. All kinds of marks and scars. Eyes. Some of them are gray. Some of them are behind. Oh God. A lot of demonic movies are coming out. Because there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Between flesh and spirit. Thank you guys for praying for me while I'm in my purpose. Feels so good to do what God have without hesitating or doing anything. Just out there, just doing what he want. And you just like waving and just, you're so excited. People like, my God, this is you, this you, this, this is you, this is you. And people was perceiving, yeah, this is something, yeah, this is you right here. You're such an angel. I'm not an angel, but I get what you're saying. I'm not going to say that to nobody, but I get what you're saying. But if someone asks me, I'm definitely going to tell you the truth. I'm in God's image. An angel is not. I encounter their, them, their presence, their identity all the time. I seen my first seraphim that I was to recognize. May see other seraphims not aware, but this one got me to be aware. And this seraphim did something on the inside of me and disguised her feathers, had this jacket on and had the feathers taped behind her back. Because she wanted to show like she had arms. And when I touched her arm, she drew it back respectfully. And I said, why are you doing that? Why is she doing that, God? My heart was talking, not my mouth. And God said, because she don't want you to believe in a lie. If you touch her arm, you're going to think that's her arm. And that's a disguise. And she don't want you to believe in a disguise. 
So she drew it back a little bit. And I could see the feathers a little bit, but I didn't want to say anything about it. Then her eyes became shields. And I'm like, why are your eyes changed? But all of a sudden I feel three taps on my left shoulder. So that proves the scripture is correct when God say we on his right side. Because God tapped my left shoulder. That means that I'm on his left side. <laughs> if he's on my right side. No, excuse me. I'm on his right side. <laughs> I'm on his right side. And he's on my left. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think I said that, but if I didn't. He tapped me on my left shoulder. That's it. That's how I know I'm on his right side. Because <laughs> he was on my left. That's what I meant. <laughs> if I didn't say that. <laughs> and he tapped me three times. And it was it wasn't like it was like it was like one for myself. One for my son, one for my spirit. And all I can say, guys, encountering God like that, all I can say is, hey, God, but I couldn't turn my head. Presence was too powerful to turn my head. And that's why they served from had shields on their eyes because the brightness of his glory. And when God appeared, you know, to Moses in that burning bush, Moses asked to see God's face. God says, too much for your body to comprehend, Moses. In order to see me, you must, you know, exit your body. You see me in the flesh, you're going to die. And Moses still asked God anyway. Because he knew there's nothing that God could not do. Still grant me to see your face, God. And he said, Yahweh. And God said, well, how about I have you to see me from behind? Wow. God showed Moses him from behind. Father, I'm saying the same thing, Yahweh. <laughs> I'm saying what he said, Yahweh. I'm taking it up higher. I'm going to see the front and the behind. I'm going to see you as a whole. <laughs> While I'm still in this earthly suit. And my hair not going to stick up like static or any of that. Skin not going to become white as snow. Nothing you cannot do. And I believe that much in you. Thank you. So check it. Check it. Let me make this situation right. And don't have the attitude. Ah, let me call them. See, always acting like a little baby. Always, you know, always got big and all that. They're begging for attention, you know. I ain't going to be kissing nobody's tail. Look, chill. That's not what the new man talk like. That's the old man. You got to realize, is you still in the new man? Am I still in the new man? Or did the old man creep up that quick? Seriously. Because people that are of the world looking for consistency. A person to permanently worship without being entangled, going back and forth. It's too much instability. They're like, it, it, where? We, we're groaning and yearning for the manifestation. The sons of God. And God said, people know us according to our fruit. So why are we arguing back? Check it. Why are we thinking that way? Check it. If it's not God in us, it's Satan in us. Keep our heart guarded from the things that's written upon the table, not from the issues. Not to keep the issues out. No, it's to keep the good things in. God says trouble on every side, but, but, but yet. Not struck down, not forsaken, not cast down, not destroyed. Hallelujah. Check it. If it don't look right, then guess what? Speak 
righteous words over it. Make it better. Shift the atmosphere. Don't entertain it. Anger begets more anger. Bitter begets more bitter. Immaturity begets more immaturity. We come too far. We going all the way with this. Greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world. Check it. Check it. I love you.